0: Facebook Live, Tuesday night, 7 o'clock, can only be yours truly. Yeah, you heard it right. Instagram, JJ Stiano, Plastic Surgeon Extraordinaire, is here, live in your living rooms to answer your questions about plastic surgery stuff. So uh, if you've got a plastic surgery-related question, type it in the chat, and I will do my level best to demystify it for you if you haven't i have got some a number shall we say uh of questions that have already been um, uh, asked so i will do those questions and uh and so there we go so do you know what i wonder i schedule this this thing at seven o'clock and do i do i post to a different thing to what i'm supposed to schedule at on facebook anyway i guess you probably won't know but um i can do snowfall yeah um anyway i'll get the snowfall off now just a thought because it still says schedule stream there so i'm not sure if i'm doing this right they don't give you any they're not much is it me or is there not much instructions for anything anymore you know the the, uh, particularly like software and things there's I mean, I know you can probably go into help and things, but there's no, you know, instructions. I mean, you buy an iPad and, the, you know, the most ridiculously complicated device and there's no instructions. Is that, that's probably, probably show, it's probably, I'm probably making out as if I'm an old man saying that, but you need to take some instructions, wouldn't you? Something, you know, basically says plug it in and turn it on. Anyway. Hey-ho, so anyway, there's no instructions for uh, for this software that I'm using and I don't know if I'm doing it correctly. So I scheduled the stream, but I'm doing the stream now at seven o'clock and it's still saying scheduled streams one. So uh, anyway, there you go. Whatever. Jackie Crimes is here so we can start. Um, I think you're doing it right. I'm watching. So Liz is watching, so I must be doing it right. Well, thank you, Liz. Uh, I'll take that because I don't do it actually literally on Facebook. I So that's good to know. Um, Did it come up with the when it like an hour or half an hour ago? I posted this thing to say I'm gonna I'm gonna do a broadcast, and then does it come on the same one? Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on I'm, I'm going to move on I hope you can move on too so if you've got any questions post away um, here's a question that uh, has, has caused a bit of um, uh, controversy does a full tummy oh, in my clinic not in not it's not very controversial but does a full uh, tummy tuck include any liposuction to contour the abdomen? So the answer to that is the, in my hands and everything that I say, I need a disclaimer continuously going along the bottom saying, you know, this is my uh, opinion and my practice because I think everyone's different. And in my practice, a, a tummy tuck in itself does not uh, include like a small, that, that there, was, there, was a, there was an impression that it included a small amount of liposuction uh, to contour the abdomen. It doesn't. So, but you can combine it with liposuction. It's quite common to combine a tummy tuck with liposuction. But uh, but if you don't combine it with liposuction, it's not like there's a bit of liposuction included sort of um, uh, by default. And the reason for this is twofold. I think the question that was being asked was about the upper abdomen. They were wondering if there's a little bit of liposuction performed to the upper abdomen. Um, but that is not routinely or it, that is not routinely performed in let's say in my practice um and the reason for this is because liposuction uh, liposuction is quite an expensive procedure because the equipment is quite expensive they're, they're these long sort of tubes and they're quite hard to sterilize because you obviously have to sterilize all the way down the tube and they're quite fragile and they're prone to damage and they're quite expensive so liposuction in itself is quite expensive, so you'll find that the price for liposuction, even for small liposuction, is quite expensive. And then, you know, for bigger, b- bigger liposuction, proportionally is not significantly more expensive uh, because of the equipment and the sterilisation, which obviously is the same. So when I do a tummy tuck without liposuction, I don't have any liposuction equipment. Now, the reason I say about the disclaimer a minute ago is because I think some people do routinely do liposuction with tummy tucks, um, which is fine, but it does increase the price. And so we have two prices, we have it with and without liposuction, Um, because not everybody needs liposuction. And the place that I do liposuction is to the hips and planks to the sides. And what I say to people, if you don't have liposuction, I can't get to those sides. Um, I can't, I can't get the side bit. So if you have got fullness on your hips and flanks, you'll still have fullness on the hips and flanks. And sometimes it can be a little bit more obvious when you've had the tummy tuck because your abdominal apron is gone, but, uh, and it's fine. And often, uh, if you haven't got a significant amount on the, on the sides, on the, on the hips, then it can respond to weight loss. So you might not need liposuction. And I give the people the option because it is quite a bit more expensive with liposuction. So there's an option there. And, uh, I think. I normally say to people value for money wise the main value for money comes from the tummy tuck from t- treating the central abdomen doing the hips and flanks is nice and often people say do i need it um and what i normally say is most people could benefit from it to be fair i think most people could <laughs> could benefit from some degree of liposuction to the side bits to the hips and the flanks uh, but it's never sort of essential And I think uh, if you don't have it, then just accept that that, if you have got a bit of fullness on the sides, it'll still be there. Now, in terms of the specific uh, question that was asked today was uh, in terms of the upper abdomen being contoured with liposuction uh, for a a traditional tummy tuck. And I don't do that even when I'm doing a tummy tuck with liposuction. I don't do liposuction to the upper abdomen personally because it is um deemed to be a problem in terms of the healing if you start liposucking the upper abdomen you're liposucking that flap that flapper skin that gets pulled down we worry about the healing anyway because it's closed under tension because it has to be closed under tension because if you you know you want a tight abdomen that's the point of having the surgery and so you do worry about the healing if you were to liposuction that flap. there's a flap there's a worry that you might interrupt some of the blood supply furthermore you don't normally need it very rare to actually need liposuction here because even though you feel you might have a bit of laxity in the upper abdomen for a full tummy tuck you actually release the belly button and the skin from the belly button up to your rib cage is then pulled down so even if there's laxity in that skin it's pulled down to then go down to the pubic area so it is tightened by doing that um so there isn't there isn't a tightening of that skin anyway because it is stretched and pulled down and the other thing is the muscles often need to be repaired uh, and brought back together which again is an integral part of the tummy tuck to help contour the central abdomen above the belly button so the the area above the belly button is contoured by virtue of the skin getting pulled down and by virtue of the muscle repair and personally I don't do liposuction to that area uh, ever and as I say, not many people do need it. If you do need it, if you have got significant excess in the upper abdomen, then you might need to have it done as a second stage in my hands. Um, so that's something to have a chat with to, um, to your surgeon about that. But, uh, and I would try and make it clear preoperatively whether that might be needed. But in most cases, um, you don't need liposuction to the upper abdomen at all because it is pulled down Um, Olivia is in the house good evening JJ long time no see Olivia I kind of moved to Turkey TR Olivia's moved to TR well that's a big move Olivia how is Turkey what's the weather like I've got to be honest with you Olivia I don't want to you know it's pretty good here although variable that is the problem with the UK variable is not consistent and I imagine Turkey is consistent. So um, I hope you're having a good, um, good time. Liz, I clicked set a reminder and I got a reminder. Well, there you go. It is working, Liz. It is working. Uh, I'll call you Liz K. And then this is Liz K. Oh, this is also, right. Okay. Okay. I can't call you Liz K. Well, you are frankly Liz K. And this is Liz Kirkland. So um, you, who is also Liz K, but not just the letter. Just trying to distinguish between the Liz's there. Um, got a lot of Liz's on the live tonight. A lot of Liz K's on the live tonight. We've got one real full on Liz, Liz K and another Liz K who's actually Liz Kirkland. So uh, this is for the second Liz K, uh, the Kirkland one. Hashtag Ask JJ. Can we know, take note of that please, people? Hashtag Ask JJ. This is happening. I've already Had a tummy tuck as I thought I was at my desired weight. But now I want to lose more weight. Could you say how much can I lose without ending up with more skin and undoing my results? Yes, Liz Kay. Liz Kirkland. Um, I can say that, Liz. And I would say forget the tummy tuck. Lose what you want to lose for your health, for your benefit, for your body, from your shape, from your contour. And don't worry about the tummy tuck. Um, Just don't worry about it. I mean, you might have a bit of redundant skin, but I think your, your global health and your global you know, well-being and, and body, you know, because this is just your central abdomen. You've got to think of your arms, your legs, your hips, your thighs, your buttom, you know, the whole, the whole body. And, you, you you know, you. I think I would be inclined to not at all worry about your tummy tuck, and I would just get on and lose weight and, and go where you want to go. The thing that I talk about losing weight after a tummy tuck being potentially bad or putting on weight after a tummy tuck being bad is more for people before they're having the tummy tuck. Once you've had the surgery, don't worry about it. We all want to live a life and weight fluctuations happen. But if you are thinking of having a tummy tuck and you know you want to lose weight or put on weight, If you know you want to change your weight and you're thinking of having body contouring surgery, whatever that may be, tummy tuck, breast implants, breast lift, breast reduction, arm lift, thigh lift, whatever it is, if you're thinking of having sort of changing your weight, do it first. Once you've done that, uh, the surgery, you've got to live a life. Ideally, don't have significant weight fluctuations. But as I say, if you're overweight and you want to lose some weight, go for it. Just lose whatever weight you want to lose and don't think oh I mustn't lose too much weight because my tummy might uh, might suffer because it might not the skin might re- recoil and I would uh, say you just got to think about your health and your well-being and your your life and your global body and just see what happens and it and be positive and hope it's going to be fine um I hope that's that's my advice anyway Olivia just randomlys doing an ask JJ just getting the numbers up if you just want to randomly do an hashtag ask JJ to get the numbers up fantastic. Uh, it's very hot currently. Things are going well with my bow. Look at that. Olivia's with a bow. Don't need those sorts of details, Olivia. We'll leave it at that, thank you very much. Natalie Quinault, I'm over in Jersey. I'm looking at, to book a consultation with yourself for TT. Are all consults done remotely at the moment as per your website? Although normally this would suit me down to the ground, being a plane journey away, mine may be a semi-complicated procedure. Other historical surgeries through medical conditions and could really do with you seeing what you are dealing with in the flesh to get an accurate quote and idea. Thank you, Natalie, for bringing that up because, it, uh, yeah, we've got to make that a bit clearer on the website, haven't we? Because it is not, we, no, we are not only doing virtual consultations. The fact of the matter is you can only book a virtual consultation on the website. You can only, we've only opened up the virtual clinics on the website. We haven't opened up the normal in-person clinics to book online because it got messy when people were booking online, because we'd have a gap, and then someone would book in the middle of the gap, and that meant we couldn't do a minor op or we couldn't get a new patient in. So we haven't opened that up, but we are doing normal clinics, uh, Natalie. We are doing normal in-person clinics, but we should probably make this a bit clearer now. Thanks for, yeah, uh, thinking about it, it's not clear at all, is it? We should make it clear. If you want a normal, a full normal in person, if you like uh, appointment, then you can go straight to that. But you have to phone or email us to arrange that because uh, we are doing full consultations in the clinic. The reason the website is set up like that is because they are encouraging us to do virtual what we can. Um, so we are, you know, saying in the first instance you can have a virtual consultation. But if you book a full virtual consultation online, that includes a. Uh, an in-person consultation at the clinic, but if you want to cut out the virtual one and just have it all at the clinic, that is absolutely fine. You can come straight to the clinic and we'll do a, I can examine you. We can look at some before and afters and we can see what's what. Um, So it would be fine to go straight into a full uh, consultation at the clinic, but that cannot be booked online. The only ones that are booked online are uh, virtual ones. Um, So yeah need to clarify that a bit on the website i think now you've said that so um thank you for bringing that up natalie and i hope that's um that's made that a bit clearer but you know happy to do a virtual one first but if you want to come straight to clinic no problem at all just give us a ring or drop us an email or message us on facebook or do whatever you want to do and uh, we will sort that out gem lulu gem double lou gem square Hey JJ, I've had Wise pattern mastopexy. Surgeon has recommended that I have implants for fullness, approximately three hundred mils, but said not to have them under the muscle with poor skin laxity. Surely this will make them sag, drop, ruin the lift. No, Jem Lulu, I'm, I'm okay with that. I've had you've you've had a mastopexy. Let's get this right. You've had a mastopexy, and now you're having implants afterwards. Is it? said not to have them under muscle I mean th- there's pros and cons Gem Lulu of having them under the muscle and a, a lot of people think that one's better than the other which it isn't one they're both good and they're both bad and the bad thing about having them under the muscle is that the muscle can make them sit high and if you've got a bit of a droop to your breast and the implants are sitting high and your breast is sitting low that's not looking good so that'd be a reason not to put them under the muscle the other thing the muscle can hold them wide and the other thing you can get animation deformities which when you move they they move the benefit of putting them under the muscle is that the rippling and seeing or feeling the edges is, 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 uh, is much less when they're under the muscle. So if you're very slim without much cover, then it would be, uh, worthwhile putting on the muscle. But if you have got enough cover with your, with your natural breast tissue and your chest tissue, then it would be perfectly reasonable to put them under the muscle because you don't want the implants sitting high. So it's not unreasonable to suggest to put the implants on top of the muscle. Um, and so surely poor skin laxity if you've got poor skin laxity your breasts may drop and that may ruin the lift yes but not so much the implants it's your breast that's going to drop the implants are going to stay where they are and if anything if the implants are under the muscle and they're staying high and your breasts drop it's going to be worse because actually what we want if you're if your breasts are sitting low we actually want the implants to sit with the breast so we want the implants to sit low so if your breasts are sitting low and if you have sort of borderline, if you like, for being under or over, I would be more inclined to put them over the muscle because I don't want the implants sitting high. I want the implants to sit with the breast. So we were just talking to, talk to Kuram about this today. When someone's breasts are sitting low and they need implants um, and they're slim so they haven't got much soft tissue covering, you think you have to put them under the muscle, that's probably the most difficult um, type of breast augmentation you can do. Um, that will be a du- dual plane type three breast augmentation because the breasts are sitting low, so you really want to put the implants on top of the muscle so they sit with the breast. but the patient's very slim and they you know haven 't got any cover, so you 've got to run the muscle and you worry the muscle's going to hold it up high. so you have to really release the breast off the muscle so that the, you can put the implant under the underneath the muscle and the muscle doesn't hold the implant up high. the breast will sit with the muscle it's, it's very hard to do. And uh, it is a worry when people have got uh, breasts sitting low. If you want them under the muscle, well, that is a, that is a worry in my in my hands anyway. And also it sounds like in your surgeon's hands. So yeah, th- ruining the lift and you know and, and them sagging again in the future because you've got poor skin laxity. Well, that's going to happen whether the implants were on top of or underneath the muscle. If your implant, your breast, if you've got poor skin laxity, which you may well have, uh, there is a risk that your breast might droop again in the future. Um, no. And that's going to happen whether on top of or underneath the muscle. Um, I hope I have helped and not hindered with that one. Uh, Amy Lawson is asking a question on YouTube. So can we all big up Amy, please? Thank you, Amy. Nice to see you. Um, hi. Ask, oh, and not only actually she's using the hashtag. Uh, hashtag Ask JJ. Hi, JJ. Say we have six months or so before having a BA. What can we do now to help prepare for the best result? For example, massage, skincare, exercise, pectoral chest muscle stretches, heart. Very nice, thank you. Um, not much, uh, Amy. I think the important things for preparing for surgery is it might sound wishy-washy, and I say it a lot, and I, I don't know how it comes across, but honestly, being positive. I think a positive outlook, positive attitude, uh, is really important, and I think, uh, and I, and I, and I do believe that people who are positive get a better outcome. I'll say, it, I've said it. I've said it right there, it's, like, it's, it's on record. I do think people who are positive have a better outcome. Call it mumbo jumbo and all that, but I think having a positive attitude, attitude really helps. Um, in terms of um, skincare, the best thing you can do for your skin anyway, to be honest with you, Amy, whether or not you're having breast augmentation, is not smoke, drink well, and avoid the sun, uh, basically. So those are good things to do. Uh, exercise, pec muscle exercises, no. I mean, by all means, do it if you want to build your back, back muscles, but it's not going to give you any re- difference in the results, your breast augmentation, whether you have got stronger muscles or not. Um, and, yeah, as I say, general skincare exercise is good generally to stay he- fit and healthy, um, you know, but not a lot you can do. As Obviously, if you smoke, stop smoking. If your weight's not right, get your weight right. Uh, those are the sort of things that the, the, the big things you could be doing apart from that positive attitude go for it and um and and go for it in a positive way and i'm bottom line no not much you can do amy really um natalie gotcha thank you so much you're welcome natalie looking forward to see you from jersey so um terry b is in the house looking forward to seeing you friday morning for my consultation so am i terry b i cannot wait i've got it in the diary and the countdown is progressing olivia How are your surgery slots now jj are you back to doing longer surgeries can you do a tt revision with a thigh lift in the same surgery you personally hashtag ask jj get it in there um yes i am back to doing longer surgeries olivia it is limited in terms of the hospitals i can do it in but it's definitely no question about it coming back it's coming back i mean it's not back but it's definitely coming back and we are doing longer surgeries uh not in every hospital Um, so there's a few hospitals i work in and one of them is particularly limiting it to five hours so what did you just say a uh, tummy tummy tuck revision with a thigh lift i guess it depends on what that means tummy tuck revision um but uh anyway bottom line is yes it's coming back it's coming back it's coming back it's coming back, it's coming. Surgery's coming back. So yeah, it is coming back. Uh, Olivia. Uh, cut that out, guys. Cut that out of the um, last <laughs> of the, uh... oh, Can't cut out. Right. Okay. Rosie. Rosie Hudson. Uh, lovely to see you, Rosie. How are you? Rosie wants a full tummy tuck. I know you're in Birmingham. I'm in Yorkshire. How often do I have to go for checkups after op didn't want to get someone to drive me all all time do you operate anywhere else well at the moment i am doing some work in liverpool rosie in terms of surgery all the all the appointments are done in um in birmingham so all the surgery is done in birmingham but i am doing uh, some work in liverpool uh, so there's a there's a hospital liverpool i work at in terms of the um follow-ups so you have to come for the uh, well we can do a virtual one to start off with to kick off if you like which is like this, but I share a a slideshow and stuff like that. And I talk about it at some point, I will have to see you in person in real life in the clinic. So you will have to see you pre-op for the, in real life in the clinic at some point. So that's one, um, dressing after a week, gotta be honest with you, Rosie. It is nice to see you for the dressing. Um, so that is nice That that. That's with Vicky, the clinic nurse, then normally catch up at six weeks. Now, Assume it all goes well. See, so that's the big assumption. That's why I tell people not to go abroad or not to, you know, go far from home, even even not in their mind abroad. Because if it all goes well, it probably is okay. You know, the six-week one we can do virtually, I like to see you at least once, maybe three months. Uh, so we do three months, six months, 12 months, and then every year. So um, you don't have, you know, you potentially you'd only have to come for the pre-op appointment and the nurse dressing appointment. And I guess you wouldn't necessarily have to come for another one, but it would be nice to see you for another one. Uh, we could do the rest virtually. But that assumes everything's fine. If you have any wound healing problems, if you have any swelling, if you have something you're worried about, I'll I'll come in and we'll see you when you're like, I'm in Yorkshire. So, you know, got to be honest with you, Rosie, I do say to people, go close to home and there are some very good plastic surgeons in Yorkshire. So go for a Yorkshire plastic surgeon, you know. Um, I mean, I'm happy to see you, but but it does mean at, at minimum is two, but maybe more, you know. I always say, we do the consultation and sometimes people want to chat about it more. I said, look, come back, we'll go over things again. You're welcome to come back as often as you want. So um, yeah, that's where I am with it. Um, Olivia, another question, JJ, say you lose two stone after a weight gain, after weight loss, oh crikey, what? When the original breast lift and 200 CC implants under the muscle, are the boobs going to look strange? Hashtag ask JJ. Were well, you getting in the hashtag ask JJ? I will give you that Olivia. Hold on a minute. You lose two stone after weight gain. But a weight gain! You lose two stone after weight loss. Oh God! Lose two stone after weight gain after weight loss. When the original breast lift and 200cc implants under the muscle, are the boobs going to look strange? You lost me, Olivia. I'm, 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 let's just say you're going to your weight's going to fluctuate. Your weight fluctuating, yeah? You've had some. You've had a breast lift and implants and your weight's fluctuating. Is that what we're saying? Are the breasts going change? Maybe. Yeah. So basically, Olivia, the worst thing you can do, maybe not the worst thing, but a bad thing you can do is put on and lose weight. So putting on weight, everything gets bigger, which isn't necessarily a, much of a problem. But if you're not happy being the heavier weight and you want to lose it, then that's the problem. It's when you lose it again. So it's putting on and losing. Because when you lose it, the skin the stretched skin doesn't recoil and your breasts may droop. And the breast lift with implants is an expensive operation. I don't need to tell you that. So it can be a bit painful if you've spent a lot of money on your breast lift with implants and then you put on and lose weight. That can be a bit, bit of a bitter pill to swallow. So yeah, are they gonna look strange? Maybe is my answer to that. Maybe, so avoid those weight fluctuations if you can. Khan is saying hello with an emoji, which I think is a wave or a clap, but thank you Khan. Lovely to see you here this evening amy back in the youtube right so we got followers on youtube yeah you heard me youtube um hashtag ask jj this is taken off this hashtag has taken two years but it has taken off uh thanks love the positive vibes good i've read of some BA surgeries being more difficult with tighter and more developed pec muscles so was conscious of that as i work out regularly yes you know what i would say to you, amy it's a bit like um it's a bit like the person a minute ago who was saying about what weight can I, how much weight can I lose? I'm like, live your life, Amy, you know, don't worry about it. If you work out and you want to be, have big, strong muscles, you work out and have big, strong muscles, you know, we, it's maybe, you know, yes, you're absolutely right. Some, so, I'm assuming having a sub, submus- if you're not having a sub it doesn't matter, but if you're having a sub and you get someone with very strong, big, strong muscles, yes, there's more to put it, you know, you know to cut through basically you have to cut you have to cut the muscle to put it under the muscles. So there's more muscle cut through more risk of bleeding etc etc but i don't think you should not work out and not have strong muscles just for that reason no i wouldn't say that i'd say go for it i mean if you ask me the question would it be potentially more difficult someone with big strong muscles with someone with no muscles well yeah oh, yes but so what still possible nothing you know it's never that bad did one a little while ago on a patient who was like really strong muscles and yeah it's a bit of a nightmare to be frank but that's my problem i won't worry about it personally that's my view on it amy do whatever you want work out your muscles and all that um and if you you want to work out your muscles work out your muscles don't don't sort of stop for six months because you to get the surgery done because you have to stop sometime after the surgery anyway so you might be out for six you know eight months or nine months before you get back into it so i'd say just work your muscles out for this six months and then you might have to have a few months off after the surgery rosie that's not too bad no it's not too bad assuming you've got no problems rosie that's the assumption if you do have problems then that's that's when it becomes a bit painful if you're having surgery far from home which is why i always tell people to have surgery close to home because i can't guarantee you won't have problems uh, I guarantee I'll look after you if you do, but it's, it's it just becomes a lot more difficult if you have problems and you, you know, sometimes you might come, you know, if you, if, every week if you've got a wound healing problem or something like that. Pretty rare, to be fair, but, you know, it's not unheard of. So something to be thinking about. Olivia. And you can do the tummy and legs together, question mark. Tummy still looks a bit weird, almost still swollen. A revision was offered here, but I'm unsure. My legs are a disaster. They just look rubbish. I'd have to show you really. I'd lose some weight first. I'm not sure if I've gained as much as two stone. Yeah, Well, lose your weight first. Uh, Olivia, you know that, so so you had a tummy tuck is I think what you're saying. Um, And a revision was offered. I've got to be honest, Olivia, revision, I might have said this before, I don't know, but revisions are hard. It is hard. I know it's not helpful for people who've had surgery and, and are not happy with it, but revisions are hard and are multifactorial and it's always sort of um, stressful. Is that word? Difficult sort of going in to a surgery where someone else has had, you know, you don't know what's happened. Basically, I don't know what's happened as a surgeon. If I revise someone else's surgery, it's always difficult. But, you know, it, 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 and thighs are difficult anyway. So is it a revision of your thighs as well? Or if you not had anything done to your thighs? It'd be better if you had anything done to me. I'd much rather just do a, do it from the start than do a revision, to be honest. Um, and that is why, actually, your surgeon is best placed if your surgeon's offered you a revision, because presumably your surgeon's offered you a revision for no fee. So, uh, but, you know, you're, if you've got no confidence in the surgeon, that's a different thing. But... That is why I always say to people, stick with your original surgeon if you can, because they know exactly what they're not going to get any surprises when they go in there because they know what they did. Um, so it's much better to do your original surgeon to do your revision uh, on several levels from a surgical level, but also on a financial level, because your surgeon will, have, um, will presumably not charge or, or at least not charge as much. Olivia, I was skinny when I had the breast lift with implants, now I'm a bit bigger. Yeah, well, it's tricky, Olivia. It is tricky with the with the weight thing. It's a nightmare, and if you have weight fluctuations after any body contouring surgery, it can mess things up. And I don't have to tell you how expensive all this is. So, this is the original Liz K. Now, this is the, this is the Liz. Actual K is the name, as opposed to the other one where K was just the first initial do you work on BMI? I have a high BMI, but I'm not overweight, taking into account muscle. Good one, Liz. Good one. Yes, I do work on BMI, and I normally work, body, BMI people is a body mass index for that, for those who don't know, and I and I work on a BMI 20, uh, 20, She's BMI 20, what am I saying? 30 is my BMI thing, but that doesn't mean I don't do a surgery on people over 30, and I totally get it when people have got a lot of muscle and all that sort of stuff, and you get these big bodybuilders, big you know, strong people who've got BMIs over 30 and, you know, um, strictly speaking on, your, on the grid, they're classified as overweight and you look at them and they're like this, you know, and you think you can't really call them overweight because they're built of muscle, you know, they're huge. So it isn't, I, I understand about the muscle thing, but still it's the best we've got the BMI and it is a guide. So yes, is the answer I work on BMI, but I also work on how people feel about their weight. So if they're happy with their weight, if they're stable with their weight and if they're true to their self, that they're not wanting to significantly change their weight, then that is actually the most important thing really, rather than the absolute BMI. So that's the important thing. If you don't, if you're happy with your weight and your weight is stable, then that is, that is the really important thing uh, for a tummy tuck, is it? Yeah. So BMI is important for a tummy tuck. You don't want to, um, cause it does increase your risk of complications. That's why people talk about a BMI of 30. They've done some studies where this if your BMI is above 30, you've got increased risk of complications. Do you do eye bags, uppers and up and lowers? Hi, Nadine. No, I do not, Nadine. Kurum does. I don't. Uppers are relatively easy. They can be done in the clinic under local anaesthetic. Uh, lowers are a bit more difficult They require, a bit more anaesthetic. Um, yep, yeah, revision of thighs too. Oh no, there's a fee for their revision. Mm. So revision of thighs too. So you're looking at a thigh, revision abdominal palsy and revision thigh lift. Oh, Olivia. That's um, bad, And you're in Turkey. I can't be honest, Olivia, I'd, I'd look for someone local, especially if you're living in Turkey now. When you were here, I would say to you don't go to Turkey. But now you're living in Turkey, I'd say you don't, don't come here. You know, I'd say to people, don't go far from home, wherever home be, is. So when people are here, I'd say don't go to Turkey. Not because I've got it in for Turkey, but because it's so far away. So, you know, now it's the other way around. I'm, I'm sure there's some very good surgeons in Turkey. Um, yeah, so we have a heart seeing that, Olivia. Nadine, what are the costs? No idea, Nadine. You can email me and I will uh, send you the costs if you want, or send you an email with the costs. Or if you message me somehow, you can private message me on Facebook if you want with your email address and just say, I was after the cost of upper and lower eye lift. And we can we can send you some information uh as i say it's not me that does it it's kuram that does it um at some point i'll be in the next few months I'll be back in the uk gp yeah but olivia if you're based in turkey it doesn't make me back. it's a bit like saying at some point i'm going to be out in turkey you got it i'd have it done where you where you live where you are you know because you know that you might need extended follow-up and it might not all go well and you might have wound problems and you might not not right particularly because it's a revision you're increasing your risk of having problems because it's a revision you're dealing with scar so uh, i would advise that you go close to home if you can uh, how do we remove moles is it excision slash shave only yes it is that is all we do we do surgery so it's a bit like the tattoo thing we only cut them out moles we only um, you know, use a, use a knife basically to cut them or shave them. So yeah, there are lots of ways you can do moving molds. You can scrape them. You can burn them with laser and things like that. Um, and I think number one is to look at whether you're worried about the mole. Is it, is it changing? If it's a changing mole, then you need to get it looked at. If it needs to be removed, then it needs to be excised. So if you have a mole that you're worried about that is changing or if you think it might have any hint that it could possibly be anything remotely cancerous, you've got to look out for this sort of thing. Skin cancer can be bad. It's often not bad, but it can be really bad. Um, So you've got to be really careful with this. and You've got to keep an eye on your moles. If there is any hint that it might be cancerous, you have to have it excised, not shaved, not burnt, not lasered, not scraped excise cut out with a knife in total ideally so that then they can look at it and analyze it under a microscope that is the only way to remove a mold that you are worried about if you and the doctor obviously are not worried about it if there is no chance of it being cancerous if they look that's definitely a benign thing there's no worries about that then there's lots of different things you can do you can scrape it you can burn it you can laser it you can tie a string around it you can do whatever you want to do um and then it's just a question about cosmetically you know what's going to scar best they're all going to scar potentially and it's a question of what's going to scar best and that's something you can talk to your surgeon or your doctor about um, but at the clinic yes we only do shaves and excisions we don't do laser we don't do scraping or anything like that um, and it is probably i would say the best way to remove them is by shaving excision. I don't want to say that just because I do. I do it because I'd say to people with a tattoo, laser first. I would always say to anyone with a tattoo, laser first, not excision. I really admit excision is not the first line for for tattoo, but I think excision is the first line for uh, moles, personally. So Olivia's back living in the UK. Okay, back in the UK. Okay, good luck with that, Olivia. But I've got to be honest with you, it is difficult. Revisions are difficult when when you're doing something that someone else has done, or or treating someone else has done. Can we treat sagging jowls? uh, No, we can't. Can sagging jowls be treated? Yes, they can. So what you need for sagging jowls? Not that I've got any, of course. The tautness, grow a beard. Covers it up, that's what I find. But if you don't want to grow a beard, um, it'll be a facelift. Yeah, that'll sort it out. That's selling the facelift for you, isn't it? How's that? Do I look better? Ten years younger? Hmm? So anyway, that's what a facelift does. It pulls the skin, jowls as well. So um, but yeah, facelift that is. But not we don't do facelifts. Um this been a while, UC Biodoll. UC well, UC BioDoll underscore twenty twenty-one so uc bio what happened to uc bio doll underscore 2020 What, what is that account gone you change your account every year so um do we offer any discounts again been a bit of a conversation in the clinic this week about that and i'll tell you what happened background to this is a patient recommended another patient had who had surgery recommended someone to the clinic, they came to the clinic, we gave them a quote, the quote was a lot more than what the other person had paid. And to be honest with you, this highlights why we don't give discounts, (laughs) because, um, and what happened was the other person had been quoted prior to the prices going up. So she'd been quoted a long time ago, prices went up, so we honored the price that we'd originally quoted. Uh, but subsequently the price has gone up, so this new person has, has come to see me and we've quoted a sort of normal price and she's like, hold on a minute, how about, you know, and so that's what happened in this situation. And we are all, everybody at the clinic, are we are all members of BARPS or BAPRAS. So BARPS is a British Association of Aesthetic Plastic Surgeons. BAPRAS is the British Association of Plastic Reconstructive and Aesthetic Surgeons. And they are the two professional associations for plastic surgeons. So they are our, you know, trade bodies or whatever you want to call it. And they will not allow us to do discounts. If I did discounts, um, BARPS and BAPRAS would kick me out probably. Um, So we are not allowed to do discounts. And I don't know why people are asking because a lot of the clinics, well, none of them or very few of those surgeons are BARPS and BAPRAS members. And I see all the time saying, you know, have it surgery this month, you get 500 pounds off and stuff like that. We cannot do that. The way that we look at it is that it's a medical procedure and the price is the price. And if the procedure is right for you, the procedure is right for you. And if it's not, then it's not. So I've got to be honest with you, I've never done discounts and it has been, and and I find it's a lot easier for everybody involved. It's a lot easier for the receptionist, for everyone asking the phone, because if we started doing willy-nilly discounts here and there, and then, you know, someone else came and inquired and didn't ask for a discount and then spoke to their friend, six months later who they found out got a discount you'd be aggrieved wouldn't you so it's just a lot easier not to give discounts and it's a bit like the apple thing you know if you want a computer you you shop around if you got if you're looking for a, like uh you know um anyway another mate dell or something i don't know how to get for slander another mate but if you want another make of a computer but de- that's apple they never give discounts basically um, and it just makes it a lot easier. So you just buy the computer when you want it. You're not going to wait for a discount. So anyway, that is our policy. Uh, we don't offer any discounts. And um, it's just what we've always always, always done. And uh, as I say, it does make it a lot easier. It might be painful because I totally understand people who want discounts. I'm, I want a discount. I'm, I'm like that. I I'm, want, I'm you know, um, hot UK deals. Love it. Quidco. Do you use quicko i use quicko i love quicko if you don't use Quidco, message me and i will send you a referral link and i think i'll get two pounds 50 when you join <laughs> i honestly i love it don't do that just do quick and the uh, top cash i mean i love it so the point is i do you know i'm not i do understand people who say oh you do a discount for cash and all that sort of stuff and that's another thing discount for cash honestly cash is a bit of a nightmare to be honest and i know a lot of places don't don't take cash um because it costs me one percent to pay into the bank can you believe it oh this painful oh dear anyway so i'm very sorry i'm very sorry to disappoint but we do not offer discounts and i as i say i find it a lot easier for us all to to handle that if if we don't do that so i don't upset anyone level playing field it's a bit like you know when you go on holiday you either get a present for all of the kids or none of them, you know, you start giving presents to one of them. You think, Oh, that'd be nice for so-and-so you can't just buy one. You've got to buy one for all of them or none. So sometimes it's easier just to say none upset. Everybody. That's the way everybody's equally upset. So yeah, no discounts. Sorry about that kids, but that's what it is. Rosalina with a zero. How long until you can expect to stand straight after muscle repair and TT? Is it okay to try and stretch your tummy out or is it best to try to not try and stretch out, let it happen naturally over time. I would say the latter, Rosalina. I would say try not to stretch it out um, and let it do it over time. Uh, how long? when people normally come back to clinic at a week, and at a week they are still a bit bent over. To be honest, I would say two weeks. I'm going to say two weeks is sort of you know probably sort of normal for people um, before they're standing standing straight. And I get it because your back hurts. Oh crikey! So you can try a bit. But I wouldn't go crazy trying to stretch because obviously the wounds closed under tension and we worry about the healing of the wounds. So you don't really want to put that tension, uh, te- put the wound under tension unnecessarily. You want to give yourself the best chance of healing and the best scar. So so don't try and stretch. Rosalina, are you my patient? If you're not my patient, do what your surgeon says. If you are my patient, I'm sorry, I didn't recognize you were my patient. So do what I'm, what, do what I'm about to say. But if you're not my patient, then listen to your surgeon. But my view on it is don't try and stretch it um Just let it go, you know, just go with it. And I know we feel like an old lady hunched over and all that, and it's a bit embarrassing, but just go with it, is my view. Haley D. Picks. Hi, Kuram is doing my breast reduction. Okay, and do the comma properly. Do that again. Hi, Kuram is doing my breast reduction in December. I can't wait. September, even not December. <laughs> right, look at that. We've brought forward September. When's that? August. That's next month, Haley D. Picks. Limey, that is a big one breast reduction is life changer Haley d life changer and uh very excited for you Haley. and uh looking forward to seeing how that goes excellent and um yeah right oh god that's got me right here we go do you offer sex change male wanting to be female um, no i don't um now on paper it's not too bad. Certainly, the breast. I mean, obviously, I mainly do. But so, obviously, with sex change, there's breast and the sort of genitals, and not to mention the hormones and all sorts. There's a, there's a lot of elements to, to sex change. Um, but certainly, purely on the breast front, uh, that's easier. Male wanted to be female because that's easy with implants. Female wanted to be male is a bit more difficult because that's sort of mastectomy, if you like, but you need to keep the nipple. So, anyway, the point the the point of it is the surgery is one thing so as i say male wanted to be female I, I could do that surgery i could put implants in uh in a male but there's a lot more to sex change than just the surgery so there are some surgeons who specialize in this area and work with the teams it's a multidisciplinary team that uh, is involved in sex change in, involving psychologists and uh um endocrinologists and um surgeons who work with the genital aspects of it as well as um breast uh, surgeons so i have never been involved with those teams and i've never you know gone down that route so as far as i'm concerned i'm like there's a good friend of mine guy stern works locally he does a lot of that work and i'm like fancy guy He's involved with all the teams he knows these people are the who are involved in all the multidisciplinary teams he's done it before and after he's done you know he's done these surgeries before so just go go with go with guy so yes I don't offer that surgery and I would recommend certainly in this area guy stern um, who's a plastic surgeon who uh, works locally but um, but personally it's not something that I have gone down the road because as I say it needs more than just just doing the surgery there's more there's more to it than that breast implant illness have any of our patients ever experienced this um no I don't think I've ever had should I touch wood is that the wrong thing to do I'm going to touch wood anyway um I had a patient with breast implant illness Uh, I have treated patients with breast implant illness um I have seen patients who've had surgery elsewhere, who've had, uh, uh, if you don't know what breast implant illness is, it's people who've got implants in. Um, any, There's lots of different types of implants. It's not really, doesn't really seem to be related to any type of implant. They think it's the silicone and all implants have got a silicone shell. Um, and most implants have got silicone gel inside them as well. Um, and they, they, it's a non-specific symptoms like, uh, brain fog, hair loss, lethargy, tiredness, skin rashes, quite nonspecific. And they feel that the implants are causing those symptoms. There's no medical cause for it, but when you remove the implants, they get better. And as I say, I have seen patients who who describe these symptoms are adamant it's due to their implants. I'm like, there's no medical cause to say it's due to your implants. And they're like, I've done research. I think it's breast implant illness. I think it is the implants. I'm like, well, if you're happy to remove them, I can't guarantee you'll get better done it a couple of times and they got better straight away so whether it's a thing or not i don't know there's certainly a lot of people out there who describe it but what i say to people i don't think it's if you start looking for it you will find an awful lot of people who talk about it but i have don't you know i said i've never had i've done quite a lot of breast implants and i've never had a patient of mine who's had it Uh, but as i say that doesn't mean it doesn't exist i think it does exist and it does seem to be a thing and i do tell people about it to make a decision when you're, when you're making a decision whether to have implants or not. It, does, it is something that, that exists out there in the world. Um, Rosalina, how many post-op is it safe to put oils and creams on scars? Eight weeks or CN, or can you do it earlier? Also, are there any product previous patients have recommended? Um, again, Rosalina, torture surgeon, remember? Remember the torture surgeon thing? because I don't want to get told off by your surgeon. If I tell you something and he says something different or she might be she, um, I would say, um, six, six weeks. I say, I think ma- nothing magic about six weeks. I don't know. I just say six weeks. Um, so yeah, massage of six weeks for me. It's more the moisturiser massage that does it rather than the actual stuff that you're doing oh, I've got to hide that. rather than the actual stuff that you're using. So, um, So, yeah, moisturize. Uh, So if you use any normal cream for your hands or any body lotion, E45, Nivea, Aqueous Cream, Aloe Vera, Vitamin E, you name it. If you use any sort of moisturizer, it's more the the actual massage than the actual cream that you're using um, that helps break down that scar tissue and helps that scar tissue be less red and less firm because it often is quite firm and red straight away. So any previous products patients recommended? Yeah, all of the above, you know. As I say, some people say vitamin E is good. Some people say aloe vera is good. I don't know. Um, I, don't, I don't think there's any evidence to say one's better than the other. So if you find something's good for you, use that. And it's more the massage. So as long as you're all healed and it's all robust, uh, then I would say start giving it a bit of massage. So making that scar blanch. Circular motions. Make the scar blanch. So make that red. Scar's probably a bit red. Make it go white. You know, give it a bit of firmness. Difficult if it's your tummy because you can't really get to it. If it's your hands, you can probably get to it a bit easier. So, I normally say morning and evening, you know, twice a day, morning and evening, uh, if you can. If you don't, if you forget, don't worry. They usually settle, settle whatever you do. Quite exciting. The little one has come up from the question. How's to look at that? How did you do that? M- Madela Minid, how did you ask that question? Love it. How soon after abdominal palsy come one exercise? Brilliant. You've asked a question in the appropriate format. Madela Minid, thank you. How soon after abdominoplasty can you exercise, is the question on the table. So, depends what we're talking about, madlaminid, mad madlaminid, mad madlaminid, Um So, I normally say, first week, you're out of it, bent over double, you're a bit rough, forget the exercise. Second week, you'll be feeling better, you'll be doing computer stuff. The whole time, you'll be walking around, pottering about. So, you know, not really exercise, but pottering about after two weeks you can start gently and what i said gently getting into things now that means the exercise bike um the cross trainer but not arm stuff just leg stuff cross trainer yeah um just gently nothing crazy just moving basically um after two weeks and sort of build it out you don't get all hot and sweaty and stuff start scars and all that um In terms of your core and things like that, at least a month, probably six weeks. And even then, start. So you start to get into things at four to six weeks and you start slow and then build up. So don't go crazy on it. Just start slow and then build up gently um, and then see how you feel. If it feels okay, then you can build up more. If it's uncomfortable, then back off. So, um, you know, nothing too crazy, really cool for at least a month, probably six weeks. But you can start doing gentle exercises. Similarly, things like running and stuff, there's an impact with running. So that's a four to six week thing. But walking and stepper and exercise bike, two weeks. So thank you. Look, the number, another number one's car. Is that, oh my God, just call me Doka, Docha Docha. Madlaminid, uh, I prefer Madlaminid. What's Madlaminid then? How do you get Madlaminid Doshar from Madlaminid? Madlaminid. How did you type in those questions? Look at that, Madlaminid is a, is a professional. It's a pro at the Instagram. Anyway, thanks for asking the question, Doshar. And do you, did I see a comment from you, a message from you saying that you have been involved... Was it the priory? Both the priory? Um, anyway, good to see you here tonight. Hope you're well. So, I am gonna check out of here. I don't know about you guys. Oh, my night, my, my, my live counseling UK has just joined. Oh my god, sorry, a minute. There's another one. Oh no. Diamani is a South African surname. Oh, hold on a minute. Diamini. but it's not diamine Oh, dilam D- de I bet it's a silent D. I bet it's lamini. Oh, M-A, lamini, D. Wow, that's quite contrived, that. Because you got lamini with D at the end. M-A, anyway. There you go. It's a South African surname. There we go. There we go. Uh, yes, at the priory. Yeah. Hello, sir. My life counselling. So I am going to check myself out of here. Actually, um, if that's okay, I do feel bad. But but I've got to be honest with you, my life counselling. You haven't missed anything. Um, but I'll be back next week, Tuesday night. Save the date. Do what Liz K did. The proper Liz K with the you know the whole name K, which is. Set the reminder or do whatever she did. Yes, set the reminder. Yeah, remember to like and subscribe. What's this? This It's gone again. Meme Lamedy is for females. MA Lam -lam Lamini is for females. And then what's the D at the end? Is that for Dosha? Ma Ma is that female? Wow, I tell you what, we are getting to understand to really appreciate the Instagram name here, M-A-Lamini-D. So M-A is for females, Lamini is the surname, silent D, I'm I'm assuming it's silent D, don't know if it is, but let's say it is. And then D is the dosha, the first name. Anyone else want to talk us through their Instagram name or Facebook, you know, then you know perhaps we can do a name an instagram name a week but to this week is sponsored by ma lamini d amy on and youtube let's not forget youtube amy's being left out amy's on youtube because we're a youtuber as well let's not forget thanks for asking all of our questions fab and entertaining as ever there you go amy lawson no secrets there with that name is there amy lawson not like mad lamini d on instagram so um presumably your name is amy lawson yeah in fact actually looking at facebook facebook is pretty just names isn't it and i guess instagram is just uh youtube's just names. so maybe it's just instagram for the um my life counseling uk again pretty obvious that one but anyway thank you ma uh Lamedy d good to see you here nice to see you to see you nice and uh are you still at the priory i haven't been to the priory for over a year um of all the covid stuff anyway enough of that, that oh, God, thanks jackie says a great thanks uh, jackie so i digressed a bit with uh name um i will check out as i said a minute ago and i will see you all the same place if you can bear it next tuesday checking out of facebook stopping the stream a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag #AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.